The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this broadcast or podcast without the express written consent of Spaced Out Radio or Spaced Out Radio Limited is strictly prohibited. Listener discretion is advised. the mountains of British Columbia to you listening around the world. This is Spaced Out Radio with host Dave Scott. Let us play with all our toys and let us think that we're big boys and let us make a lot of noise for women with the world. Let us think we're Superman. You can follow us on our website, spacedoutradio.com, on iTunes and tune in. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio on Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show, or on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Are you playing with Bigfoot and aliens again? Uh, Dad, you gotta stop haunting the goats. It's scaring them. All right, seriously, put down the pointy sticks. Word is. Buckle up, space travelers. It's time to go for a ride on Spaced Out Radio. Mr. Bumblefoot, Dave is ready for liftoff. Seriously, Dave? Really? Aren't you a little old for a tinfoil hat? I am. Toby. Bye-bye. 
Good evening and welcome to a new week of Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, and it's great to have you along for the ride on this Monday, June 12th, Tuesday, June 13th. If you're on the East Coast or across the pond, hope you had a great day or night. We are live right here in the Great White North on top of the mountains of central British Columbia as we are here seven days a week. We welcome in everyone listening in on our terrestrial stations. WQEE 99 Rock the Key down in Noonan, Georgia, home of the Walking Dead, and our new friend down there, Jessica. I know you're listening, so a hello and a big hello from all of us at SOR. We are also live on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. We are live at spacedoutradio.com, Spreaker, KTLK, The Fringe FM, Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas, the High Plains Talk Radio Network, and if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to Freedom slips.com and donate today like our music get your horns up for our resident guitar god mr ron bumblefoot thal formerly of guns and roses currently of art of anarchy bumblefoot is the official sound of sor now if you're on social media i want you to follow me go on to twitter at spaced out radio give our facebook page a like spaced out radio show much like lynn did about an hour ago you got to do that on Instagram, you can follow me at Dave Scott, S-O-R. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download our shows from iTunes. We're also on Player.fm, RadioGuide.fm, TalkStream Live, and Stitcher. And, of course, our website is SpacedOutRadio.com. And if you head on over to Patreon.com for a dollar a month, you can become a patron of SOR as well. Now, if you want to take part in this show, what you got to do is you got to sign into one of the chat rooms, and you can go do that by going to our website, clicking on Listen Live. It'll take you right to the chat room. You can go on Revolution Radio, on Spreaker, on the UPRN chat room, or maybe, just maybe, you're one of the lucky ones, like Bob, Gale, Vivster, and you're a member of the SOR Space Travelers Club. Or if you're on Twitter, you could be like Eric, Rhonda, Andrew, God of Thunder, Canadian Joe, and use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio and get chatting with us as well. Now, if you head to our website for just five bucks a month, you can become an SOR space traveler. And as of right now, go to our store, a Spaced Out Radio store on our website, pick yourself up a t shirt, a poster, SOR sticker, and we also have VIP tickets on sale for the first annual. Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon being held in the beautiful 108-mile ranch, British Columbia, at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort, September 29th to October 1st. If you buy your tickets before July 31st, you get a 10% discount. It's going to be a great weekend. Come hang out with your fellow weirdos. I want to see you. My team is all coming up. We want to see you. So we want to see you up here for that weekend. We also have a news section called The Encounter Online that deals with everything paranormal, courtesy of our editors Eric Markham and Everett Themer. You can check out my latest blog there as well. And if you've had a sighting or an experience you can't explain, 
Fill out an SOR Sightlines report. Let us look into it for you. The paranormal can be wild and crazy as much as it can be scary to those who don't really know what they are encountering. Numerous times, we hear of people who live in haunted residences and they're stuck, not knowing what to do. So they call in some paranormal team that they found on the internet, but with real no, quali- no real qualifications. And desperate times, though, calling for desperate measures, the real paranormal mess can occur. This is where things like attachments happen. And this is where people like Amber Avalona come in. Yes, she's a psychic medium, but in reality, she's more of an emergency paranormal investigator. So what that actually means is that she goes into troubled spots to make sure that the spirits, and more importantly, the people who are affected from the phenomenon, can get that detachment. Paranormal healing may seem like one of those snake oil products that really has no value, but I can tell you firsthand the importance of it. I live in a haunted house. I've had energies cleared, not only from my home, but from me personally as well. Because right now, there are no rules set forth for paranormal investigation. The anarchic free-for-all, and that's what we got to call it, an anarchic paranormal free-for-all, is what paranormal investigation is. And people like Amber have to go in there to clean it up. Amber Avalona, it's been a while since we've had you on the air, but I got to tell you, I am so excited to have you back tonight. I am too. Thank you, Dave, for inviting me. I really appreciate it. You know there's an open-door policy for you around these parts because that's the way we like to do things. How have you been? I have been, well, you know, we have kind of talked about it uh, personally, off the air, and uh, things have been very interesting in the past few months, as they always have in my life, and I won't go too much into it um, right now, but um, regardless of what has happened, it, I think, is always good. Uh, I'm always learning, and so that is, I think, my main mission in this lifetime, and so I, whatever happens paranormally or in my life, I think that I'm always using it um, to advance my knowledge and to help other people who, as you said, are going through a lot of these paranormal experiences. And uh, I know this is, you had kind of mentioned to me that there are a lot more people that are listening in than uh, the first few times that we were on the air talking last year. So uh, for those who don't know uh, some about me, I'll just kind of give a little bit of uh, backstory. I also grew up, um, you know, mostly sensing spirits, and I do into other dimensions um, at a very young age because I was so afraid um, when I was very little I asked not to visually see things because I was often told that I was crazy or didn't know what um, I was talking about and so when I kept having these experiences I, I didn't know what to do and I was I felt so alone so I you know just asked and prayed you know to God I said please let me stop seeing things and so I um, don't see things um, with my physical eyes I do see into other dimensions and uh 
I forgot to say, don't let me experience anything else uh, with any other sense. And so I do experience everything else. I hear things, you know, uh, feel things. I do communicate um, in every other level. And so that's kind of uh, my backstory. I do speak and I work with um, entities a lot. I'm kind of unique in that sense um, as far as when I go into a haunted location, I can release, um, whether it's a demonic entity, I can help release them into the light. I don't um, typically work with exorcisms in the way that the maybe some people have heard of exorcisms where the Catholic Church would um, potentially send them to what they would consider hell or that type of thing. Um, you know, I think that there's always a, a better way to sometimes handle some of these uh, situations from my experience. And of course, this is always just my experience. So I will try to um, release them to source and send them back to where I think they originally came from. And so I'll do that. Um, I do uh, communicate with the uh, spirits. We have had um, some, I think we even did some of this on air, even the first time, where with some of the callers, we were uh, just, people were asking questions, and I was able to answer some of the things, and you too, even with our pendulums, because I was listening to our first interview um, from, it was July, I believe, or August of last year, and uh, so, you know, I do that type of thing. Um, I try to educate uh, paranormal teams, uh, especially because I feel that a lot of work needs to be done in the paranormal investigative community to up the ante, and you are... uh, as far as I understand, of the same persuasion in uh, that mindset that we need to bring paranormal ethics to the forefront of our investigations and the way that we handle these uh, supernatural, uh, unusual phenomenon. And so that's kind of where I'm I'm coming from, just in a quick nutshell. But kind of getting back to what you were discussing, you know, feel free to kind of ask me a little bit in more detail about what you were originally talking about, and I will be happy to answer that question. Well, I would hope so, considering that we got three (laughs) hours to do this. Yeah. You know, but I I have to tell you, because most of the audience doesn't know, you actually sent me a beautiful gift after the first time you were on the show, you sent me a a pendulum that you really didn't know what it was for. But when, after we talked, you knew that it, it was meant for me. And I have to tell you, I would say with that pendulum, every time I've used it, I've been probably around the 90 percentile in accuracy with it. Really? Yeah. It, it's been absolutely crazy for me. I don't use it all the time because I'm afraid wow. to abuse it. You know, I don't want, I don't want to overstep my, my boundaries with it. 
you know, but it is very, very powerful. And I, I have certain friends, you know, I've showed people it and, and so on and so forth, but I have certain friends, they can't even hold it. They're like, no, I, I, I'm not allowed to hold this. I just can't hold this. Here, get, take it right back. It, it's the strangest thing. Wow. That is amazing, Dave. I am so happy to hear that. Well, you know, a little bit of the story behind that is I originally bought that pendulum in Madrid, New Mexico, and it was handmade by a woman in Madrid, and you have Elizabeth England, who is also on Paranormal Radio, uh, who are spaced out, you know, radio, this paranormal radio, and uh, she lives in Madrid. And so Madrid, it just has this amazing energy, spiritual energy. And I believe, what type of, uh, is it, do you remember what type of stone it is? I don't. The, I, I know it's, I know it's, ra- is it selenite? It I think could, it might be it, selenite. It could be. It could be. But it's wrapped in beautiful copper wire, and it's just, Mm. it's very, very powerful. You know what's funny? One of the tricks I actually like to play with it, and I did this the other night after our ghost hunt. A friend of mine, Carrie, had her pendulum out. And so she was using her pendulum. I'm using mine, and I walked right up to hers. And, And my guide, Jordan, I'm very connected with my guide, Jordan. And... So ours are, I didn't even say anything. My, I, I kind of telepathically said, okay, can you swing our pendulum the same direction as hers? So all of a sudden my, I'm holding my pendulum and it starts moving in the exact same tone or exact same speed direction that her pendulum was moving. So I said, I looked at Carrie and I said, watch this. I said, Jordan, can you stop her pendulum? And within like... 10 seconds her pendulum was dead stopped <laughs> and she just kind of looked at me she, she just kind of looked at me like are you kidding me right now and there and there was pro- there was probably like five or six people there that were that were watching this as well and i'm like yeah that that's pretty awesome just having her pendulum <laughs> stop like that it was pretty incredible we did that once with my other pendulum that i have we did it with uh, eric markham and he's down in North Carolina, and one night after the show, he was using his pendulum, and he's a scientist by trade, so he does, you know, he's very skeptical of absolutely everything. And he's like, I don't know, I'm getting different answers than you. I said, well, do you want to see how this works? He goes, sure. So I said, Jordan, stop Eric's pendulum. And sure enough, within seconds, his pendulum stopped, and Eric's eyes on camera grew the size of flying <laughs> saucers, right? It's just the power of how they work. It really is. Yeah, exactly. And I think pendulums are just so fascinating. And for anybody who has has an interest in the paranormal and who has never used a pendulum and is, you know, just trying to find a way to really connect with the spirit world themselves, because I always think that we should be empowered. And I think that pendulums are... One of those ways that, and you've found this, I'm sure, and I have, that it allows us to be empowered. And when we have these things like haunted homes, sometimes, you know, I meet people and families that are facing these awful situations. I've been there myself, too. And um, 
it can feel so disempowering. People can be in this fear state. And, um, but there's this other side of the equation that I always want people to know is out there. And it's this beautiful energy that if they just, you know, reach out and connect with it, it's available to them. And, um, of course, you always have to be careful, right? Because anytime you're connecting with the spirit world, you want to put up protections. You want to... Um, you want to do your research, like with anything, you want to, you know, say your prayers and all of that stuff. You have to cleanse your pendulum um, with yours. I, because I'm a Reiki master, I uh, did some very intense uh, Reiki work on it before I sent it to you. And I did some special, you know, I infused it with some really special um, symbols cosmic symbols that I don't, um, that were given to me. Um, and so it's just, it has a lot of powerful fifth dimensional and higher energy that you're probably feeling and that other people are feeling. And I made sure that it was dedicated especially to you. So that's probably why uh, people, some people are have this hands-off policy so they don't tarnish that so that, you know, that energy stays pure and is just between you and your guides and um, spirit. You know, it's the same thing with tarot cards where some people won't let their clients touch their tarot cards because you're supposed to cleanse them if you do have your clients touch the tarot cards. Um, after every client, otherwise it can get, you know, muddled and that kind of thing. So that might be what's going on with that. But um, it's just this beautiful infusion of um, amazing power that you're probably sensing with that. And I'm so happy. 90% is a really good accuracy for a pendulum. Oh, so, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy how it's how that's been. Yeah. Right. That is just, I'm so happy to hear that. I, I always kind of wondered, you know, because I sent it to you last year and I've been going through my own stuff and I, sometimes I don't like to pry because mm -hmm. I think with that kind of, with gifts, it's something that is personal to you and that type of thing. But it's wonderful to hear those positive stories because uh, with I find with the paranormal too, it's, it can turn into this sensational type of thing. I don't know if you run into that with paranormal radio, but um, all the time, I'll, all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of listeners only want to, and people in general, and investigators only want to hear the really negative stuff. And I have experienced so many amazing stories with really awesome positive powerful things that I think you are missing out on so much of um, the paranormal realm and the paranormal world. Like there's this whole other dimension out there that, uh, that you really could be exploring if you would just tap into that and, um, so I really hope that we can, and I think we will, you know, we always do when 
I'm on the show, you and I, when we talk, we get into that, the higher vibrational stuff as well. Um, but me, because I deal with such negative cases and, um, and I'm drawn to the really negative stuff and I study the demonic and the, the horrible things and I have this fascination with it. I'm the first person who will say that I do, you know, my, some of my favorite shows like walking dead, you know, so I'm really happy that you mentioned walking dead in your intro, (laughs) that kind of thing, uh, because that's my life spiritually. Those are the things that I deal with in the spirit realm, but I always have to have that balance. So there's no way that I could be in this horrible negative stuff 24-7, 365 days of the year, and just stay there. Um, So I love to and really do connect with my guides and with the archangelic realm and do meditation work and you know like I said I'm a Reiki master and um, do the prayers and that's why I focus on the paranormal healing and um, all of these amazing things do the protection work because that's where you really find that you hit that other um I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like you don't live unless you're really tapped into your life source. And I think that your life source is this beautiful life force energy that when I see it, it's almost like this blazing sun energy and um, it's so powerful that when all is said and done, that's what carries us through all of this muck and all of the other stuff that we go through. And you, maybe you've experienced the same type of thing, and I'm, I'm sure that you have, but what are, what are kind of some of your thoughts on that as well? You, you know what? It's weird because... It's only been recently, literally since I went to uh, travel out east to Massachusetts last month to go speak at a Paracon in Provincetown, Mass, that I have really noticed all of a sudden my own abilities seem to be on. They seem to be at the forefront of almost everything that I'm doing now. And the weird part about it is I have had two people in the last three days ask me to teach them. And I'm like, I don't even know what the hell I'm trying to do myself. You know, I'm trying to figure this out for myself. And I got two people they are like, you need to teach me. You need to teach me how the connection, the proper way to learn and all this. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I'm, I'm afraid. I got to be honest with you. I'm a little afraid because I'm not good at it. I don't have a lot of confidence in it. The only thing I really don't know is don't be dumb. Don't be stupid. Don't say things right. that you don't know. You know, it, it, it kind of bothers me a little bit, but you know what? I guess that goes with the image. I have a couple of questions already building up in the audience here, if you don't mind. Sure. Let's, yeah, let's go for it. Now, this one's from my buddy Mike, okay? Now, at Christmas time, I gave Mike 
a pendulum. And really? he, and he's been using his pendulum and and Mike is you know he he's learning his connection on his own and if if you saw Mike you really wouldn't believe that he's a guy who's learning about spirituality because he's like 57 about 255 he's one of the stockiest strongest dudes i know and he's an outdoorsman an avid hunter you know he he's my buddy who we go out looking for sasquatch in the mountains around here but i got him a pendulum for christmas and so his question to you is should a pendulum move on its own if hung in a in a window, and I will say closed window, when not in use? Well, uh, my answer to that would be that a pendulum never moves on its own. So what is probably happening in that case is that there's some other energy that's moving it. Now, it could be... Um, that there is another entity in the home that's moving the pendulum. Um, it could be that he is subconsciously moving the pendulum. I'm actually, and let me just preface this um, to everybody out there, uh, <laughs> because Dave knows this before he invited me on tonight, Um the past few months, I've been going through a lot of health issues, and I did shut down a lot of my psychic abilities to try to heal, um, and so I uh, have almost literally shut down everything the past three months. So I'm going to try to open up some of this uh, tonight, which I haven't done recently, uh, but what I am picking up is that I, I don't think it's his subconscious moving it. I actually think it was something else in his home that was moving it. Um, and let's see here. I think it's something trying to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. I believe you. So, yeah. And... Um, one of the things that's happening is he is being asked to take it to the next level spiritually. So he, I don't, there's never, this is, how do I put this? So let's say you look at somebody and, and you make, we always look at somebody and we make snap judgments about them. Right? Uh, especially spiritually or paranormally. Like, if this person doesn't look like this or that or whatever. But the amazing thing about it is that there is a soul within each of us. And that soul is the part of us that is awakening with so many people around the world right now. And so what we need to start doing is looking at somebody's soul when we start um, trying to see whether or not they're ready for certain things, spiritually or paranormally. And what I'm getting is that he really is kind of on this fast track. He wouldn't be, I mean, especially because he's with you. 
Oh, uh, oh, don't don't even get started about that because he still bugs me that all the weird crap in his life started when he started hanging out with me. So he blames right. me all the time for this. <laughs> over a good yeah. laugh and a beer, but he still blames me all the time. Yeah, exactly. So you can confirm that. I mean, already just by what you've said. So uh he was ready and so he met you and that just like right there shot him up to this completely new level of where he needed to be and um, opened him up to all of these new experiences. This pendulum moving is just another way for them to communicate with him. And um, he really needs to find out. Hmm. Okay. So I'm being told that I can't tell him what they're trying to say to him, um, but that they are wanting to communicate with him and that he needs to find it out on his own. You have no idea. I know for a lot of our listeners, that will sound very vague, what you said. No, there's just a very vague psychic comment. But if you knew the situation with Mike, like I know Mike personally, okay? He's one of my best friends in town. And the one thing that I can say is how true that statement is because he has had some very wild experiences that aren't really supposed to exist, especially when it revolves around Sasquatch. And I'm a very, very big believer that Sasquatch is telepathic. And, uh. <laughs> and so when you're saying that he has to find out for himself, see, he hasn't seen a Sasquatch yet. We found prints. Mike found a great print, uh, in October of last year. Great print. It was like 17 inches by eight inches. It was beautiful. And, you know, we were too stupid at that time to figure out actually to bring casting material, but he found it on one of his hunting treks. And, you know, I am just, yeah, It as vague as the comment as you made, knowing Mike and knowing the situation, it makes so much sense, as weird as that sounds. It makes so much sense. Yeah, well, good, because sometimes they will give me information and I don't even know what I'm saying, but it will make perfect sense to that person. And yes. Uh, it's just you're a channel and that's what it is and so that's kind of the beauty of this paranormal realm and that's kind of what I mean about the positive aspect of it and I have gone to mediums who've done the same exact thing to me where I they have told me something and they have no idea what they're saying but it is so profound to me because I know exactly what it means, that that is the best thing that they ever could have communicated in that moment. And um, so I'm also being told that uh, there are some people listening, um, more than one, <laughs> actually quite a few, and you are very skeptical about mediums. You actually are more interested in as we're talking in the negative, you are not that interested in um, the more positive aspect of the paranormal. You're really drawn to um, 
a lot of the dark movies, uh, a lot of the, the horror, um, you are what would be considered um, a uh, almost like a link to the lower dimensions. You know how um, you're around certain people and they can just drain you? Uh, that's what you are. You are very, your energy is very negative. And I, I'm not saying that to be judgmental or anything like that. It's just that in your past lives, you have been very involved in dark arts, you know, dark things, and that has carried over into this life, which is why you are so drawn to it because like attracts like. It's all that you've really known. You know, it's, it's like a habit because you have been so involved in it for thousands of years. It's understandable. And so what you're being asked to do is to start changing that, to start to develop new habits because it's almost like you think that this, um, that you're cursed. Like, this is all that my life is ever going to be. It's never going to change. You know, my life is always going to be this bad. And that is not true. Um, you're going to have to work at it, though, because any new habit <laughs> takes some time. It takes some effort. Um, just like you working so many of those lifetimes to get to where you are now, okay, now you're going to have to work in this lifetime and in many of your future lifetimes to start to develop the better habits and to work toward the more positive part of spirituality. And you are going to get there. It's going to take more than this lifetime, though, so don't get discouraged. Um, you know, you got to think of it as more than the next 10 years of your life, more than the next 20 years of your life, or, you know, in those minute terms um, as far as time is concerned. Uh, but I am being told that you need to go to a psychic, you need to go to a medium, um, you need to start listening to people who can give you positive information about your future so that you can start to be encouraged because you're very discouraged at this moment and it's almost like you've given up hope and um, you, don't, you, you can't do that. Uh, because there's always hope. And uh, I have been through a very difficult life, and I've made it through 39 years, and I'm still here, and I can tell you that it always gets better, and it doesn't get better immediately or... Um, within a year's time or even within a lifetime. But it's a little bit at a time and you have so much amazing spiritual support and you can ask for it even now 
during this broadcast and uh, prayer is an amazing thing and you can you don't even have to pray to god you can pray to the gods you can pray to um your guardian angels you can pray to the arcturians you can pray to um goddesses you can pray to um you know, so many things that are out there, whatever it is that you have an affinity for, because there are many benevolent and good beings throughout the universe that are here to help us. And, um, you know, your new, your future begins today. So pardon me, Dave, for... (laughs) That's all right. Going off on that, but I really was told to kind of That's all right. say that for some people. He, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's continue and, on here. Or you want to go? Yes. Yeah. No, and I know you said you had another question. Well, so there's, let's a, get into that there's a couple more. Let's go over to hashtag Spaced Out Radio on Twitter, where Forever Young okay. is asking, Amber, do you believe if a person has attachment since birth, if they rid themselves of attachment, they will lose themselves? Not at all. And I am speaking from experience because I... Part of the reason that I got into this and into paranormal healing is because I was born into a family where I had uh, bloodline issues and therefore had attachments since birth. And, of course, that was something that I didn't fully know or understand especially growing up when I was younger. I knew there were problems, especially being um, a sensitive and an empath and speaking to the spirit world, but I didn't understand the scope of it. And so it took me decades to understand kind of what was going on. But you might be in that, or somebody that you know, you or somebody you know might be in that situation where they have attachments since birth. If they get rid of those attachments, they don't lose themselves. They lose that attachment. And sometimes it can feel like they're losing themselves because they've had that as a, quote, part of themselves since um, the time they were born. So the mind kind of plays tricks on you and you think that that was you when it really wasn't. And uh, it takes a while, you know, uh, I went through a complete, and I'm still going through it, but I started in March a complete DNA cleansing. And it's been really difficult uh, to go through and to cleanse some stuff from my ancestral line. And uh, so it'll take some time for the person who has had this stuff since they were born to... Um, readjust and to get through it and for their DNA to completely um, get rid of that. But you'll get through it. You might purge. I felt very sick. That person might go through a period where they feel nauseous, where they want to throw up. There was about a week where I didn't eat at all 
Um, and then I started to slowly feel a lot better. Three months into it, I'm feeling like a completely different person. I hope that kind of answers some of your questions, but I would definitely recommend that somebody get rid of those attachments because what they do is those attachments keep you from your spiritual path and from your spiritual ascension because they drain your energy. They have their own agenda and typically their own fear-based thoughts and um, thought forms that are holding you back. Uh, For instance, um, let's say that you have a grandmother who, when she passed away, she did not go to the light. She was afraid because of whatever she did to pass on. She thought maybe she was going to go to hell because she grew up in a Southern Baptist church. They told her if she did something that she would go to hell. She did that in her life. She didn't want to risk that. So she sees a beautiful little child, She, which is you, you know, the grandchild, attaches to that grandchild instead. Well, that grandmother throughout that grandchild's entire life is basically sucking that child's energy. She's like a psychic vampire. She's not meaning to, but all of her fears, all of her, um, even her, let's say if she had uh, certain affinities, let's say she was an alcoholic or something, that grandchild could unfortunately um, struggle with alcoholism as a result of that attachment that that grandchild is growing up with. I have dealt with cases of that, and it can be very difficult for those people who are still living. And there are people who are living who can have hundreds or thousands of attachments. And uh, it doesn't always have to be from deceased individuals who haven't passed on. They can be from elementals. They can be demonic attachments. And so just think of one person having to carry all of that negative energy from, you know, throughout their entire lives. Think of all of the mental issues that they're having to deal with, all of the struggles, the addictions, um, the pain, the physical pain and the ailments that it causes. And so, yes, you definitely want to do as much healing as you can because it does affect people emotionally. It causes emotional illness. It can cause mental illness. It can cause physical illness, spiritual illness. I hope that kind of helps to uh, answer that question. Let's get to another Um, question. Let's get to another question on hashtag Space Out Radio on Twitter. This one comes from Canadian Joe. And yes, your T-shirt is on the way. Have you got your shirt yet, Joe? Your Spaced Out Radio shirt? I hope so. And by the way, the Carl shirts may be coming very, very soon, just so you know. Joe is asking, Amber, what is the most severe ailment you have healed for someone? Mm. (laughs) 
I don't know if I want to talk about that. Um, I, I, okay, so I will say that the most severe ailment that I have been involved in healing is the reptilian bloodline. And I know, Dave, that that's something that I think you've mentioned before that you don't believe in. But I know that I have uh, have worked with the reptilian a lot, the reptilian energies and also the reptilian bloodline. And that I have found to be even more destructive than demonic entities and energies. And that's probably a whole nother show that's something that I told myself I wouldn't even start talking about tonight because it literally would probably take up three hours. So if you ever want to get into that at some point, I will be happy to do just another show on that day. We we can move on. That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, we can, as far as um, helping to heal, I can tell you that there, there there was one... I'll talk to you about this. Um, there there have been quite a few. Okay, so there was one that I was working on. There was a case here in New Mexico. And I was working with a paranormal investigative team. And we were planning. We were just planning to go investigate the St. James Hotel in Cimarron, New Mexico. St. James Hotel is a famously haunted hotel, and a lot of people have probably heard of it. It's been on a lot of paranormal shows. It's a hotel that, since I was a teenager, have always wanted to go to. It just fascinated me for some reason I don't know why, but I just have this amazing pull to it, and I still have never been. But I was planning at that time, it was, I think, February of last year, so that would be February of 2016, and uh, we were supposed to be going within that next month, and... um so I think this was either the end of January or early Fe- I think this was by that time, early February. And so we were talking on the phone, and I was speaking with the head of the paranormal team and also with the medium of that team. We were just discussing room assignments, uh, just basic stuff for uh, that trip. And as we were speaking... I was, uh, this gentleman showed up in my bedroom and he started getting in spirit. He was a a ghost, um, he was a spirit from the St. James Hotel and uh, he is the most famous spirit, of course, I can't remember his name, but he is the one that they always talk about as haunting that hotel. 
and somebody can hopefully look that up for me if you want to do that while we're talking. I would love that. I would really appreciate it. Uh, but they're the one that they say he was killed at the hotel. He was shot and they would padlock that room because they say it's very haunted. So anyways, he shows up in my room. He starts speaking in my other ear as I'm on the phone and he's getting louder and louder and louder. And it gets to the point where he's almost screaming at me and he's telling me that he wants me to be in my room alone at one point and he wanted me to bring my shamanic drum up there and do a healing session with the spirits that were still there at the hotel. And uh, so I, you know, at some point started telling the women, I'm like, okay, so he's here. This is what he's telling me. And uh, we get off the phone. I walk out of my room. I walk into the kitchen and I immediately get really, really sick. And it's to the point where I almost can't stand up. And I, uh, I get really nauseous. I'm sick to my stomach. As it goes throughout the day, it gets to the point where I can't stand up. Um, by midnight, I'm so tired that I had to do a shamanic healing session on myself. And I don't know what's going on. Um, so I'm trying to just figure out, uh, how to heal me and because I figure that I'm getting attacked for some reason and I figure that it probably has to do with the St. James Hotel. So I start calling in my Native American spirit guides as I'm doing a shamanic session with my drum. I have a beautiful drum that I got, and I'm calling in the four directions. So I get to the west as I'm calling in um, the spirits of the west. And as I call them in, this Native American um, appears in the west, and he's basically all dressed up. Uh, and, you know, when the Native Americans are almost um, in there doing their ceremonies and they have their headdresses on, the long headdresses, and he's there. And it's almost as if he's doing, I see him performing this ceremony and it was like as if he was around a fire or something, but he's trying to intimidate me. And he wasn't part of my guides, of course, but he just uh, came. And I didn't know what was going on, so he was there. But then also this being that I had never seen before, it was just this mass um, was also there. It was nothing that had ever been human. It was almost like... Uh, something that people would have worshipped, uh, like a, a god. It wasn't god, but people would have worshipped it like a god. Uh, it was very ancient and old, and it was trying to hide itself, but I could see it in the 
western north section of um, the spirit world. And um, so we had to basically, long story short, like work on this. And um, I was able to, with a lot of spiritual help, um, get this being basically call in tons of spiritual help and defeat this entity. Oh. You hold on, you know? because sure. uh, we ran out of time there, and we got to go to break here. At the top of the hour, Amber Avalona is our guest tonight. She's just an amazing friend of this show. Very, very intuitive. And she also likes to expand her answers, so that way you listeners get the full spectrum of what she's trying to get out. More of Amber for the next two hours on the Mighty SOR. We're going to step out for our first break of the night, and we'll be right back after this. Coming September 29th to October 1st, the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon. Hi, this is Dave Scott. The event will be held at the Spruce Hill Spawn Resort in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia. Come join us for an amazing weekend of speakers talking all things paranormal, UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Sasquatch, intuitiveness. Listen to great speakers like Miriam Delicato, Samantha Mowat, and the crypto guru, Ronald Murphy. Get your VIP passes by going to spacedoutradio.com and clicking on the Paracon banner. Come to BC, where the paranormal is waiting for you. From coast to coast to coast, Blacklight Uncharted is taking on the paranormal across Canada. From ghostly hauntings to the UFOs flying above in conjunction with MUFON Canada, they're closely investigating what's going on in the northern skies and checking out the apparitions that walk among us. Check out our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. We want to know your thoughts, we want to hear your experiences, and we want you to share your stories. The answers are out there, and we intend to find them. Would you like to become one of our space travelers? All you have to do is click on the space travelers icon at spacedoutradio.com. For only $5 a month, you can get access to some great prizes, as well as private monthly shows, newsletters, and a members-only section on our website. Become a space traveler today. It's paranormal news at its finest. Welcome to The Encounter. At spaceoutradio.com, The Encounter Online is SOR's trusted news source for everything weird and strange going on around the world. This is news editor Eric Markham. Our team of journalists are scouring the planet for those strange stories that rarely make the mainstream. No fear-mongering or fake news here. Head over to spaceoutradio.com and encounter The Encounter. Hey, this is Canadian Paranormal Investigator Mike Moore. The third Wednesday of every month, I'll be teaming up with Dave Scott to bring you Ghosts of the Great White North. Each month, we will bring on guests from across Canada to discuss their ghostly encounters. Canada is a paranormal hotbed with stories you've never heard, so we're going to bring them to you. So get comfy on your Chesterfield, grab a donut, and join us, eh? Have you had an experience you can't explain? Had a run-in with ghosts, maybe Bigfoot, or seen lights in the sky? Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt from the SOR Sight Lines. I'm here to investigate your sighting. Head to spacedoutradio.com and fill out a report on the sight lines. All your information is 100% confidential, and I will help you figure out what you've been seeing. File your report, and let's find out the answers together.
Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit. And expect a miracle. Are you interested in advertising on Spaced Out Radio? Head to our website at spacedoutradio.com and click on our advertising tab. There, you will find an assortment of ways you can get your product out there with us, from radio commercials to banners and social media. Have a product you like our hosts to endorse? We can do that too. Visit spacedoutradio.com for more details. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. From British Columbia to Northern California, Pacific North Weird has Cascadia covered. Check out our feature videos at spacedoutradio.com, where I... Vincent Zunza and my super sleuth partner Alexandra Sullivan track down the weird and strange stories from around the Pacific Northwest, from Bigfoot to Mel's Hole and everything in between. This is what makes life exciting. So why report the normal when we can report the Pacific North Weird? Right here at spacedoutradio.com. Oh, there's only one way to rock, loud and proud. In high definition, Radio 702 Rocks, Las Vegas. Every Saturday and Sunday night, as Dave Scott wanders aimlessly in the wilderness, you can come hang out with me, James Tyson, and Spaced Out Weekend. Starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, I'll take you along as we talk with some of the best experts in their fields. SpacedOutRadio.com is the place to find us. So sit down, relax, put your feet up, enjoy the topics like the paranormal, supernatural, intuitiveness, and so much more. Hope to see you there. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. And hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Now, back to Dave Scott and S.O.R. 
Welcome back to hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you with us. Thank you for being so active. We got all your questions here. We're going to try and nail through them. Why not? What the hell? Let's just do it. Tomorrow night on the program, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time, the king of conspiracy, Dr. James Fetzer, is going to join us for the first two hours. We're going to talk everything conspiratorial tomorrow night with Dr. Fetzer. I hope you tune on in at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on WQEE 99, Rock the Key down in Noonan, Georgia, home of the Walking Dead. We are also live in New Orleans on 107.7 FM, the United Public Radio Network and spread over 160 countries around the world. Good to have you with us. Thank you so much for tuning us in in your night. We're also live on KTLK, The Fringe FM, Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas. And if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Rhino Telexomania. Rhino Telexomania is your password. Make sure you use it wisely, space travelers, as Bill sets a password each and every night right here on the mighty SOR. Now, if you head on over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, you can find a plethora of features for you. You can check out Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal. Join up on the SOR Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month, and you can go shopping at our residence store. We have t-shirts, stickers, posters, and you can pick up your tickets for the 2017 first annual Caribou Paracon being put on by Spaced Out Radio. I will be there. Well, I better be because I'm organizing the damn thing. We have speakers coming from across North America, VIP tickets on sale now, and they are 10% off until July 31st, so scoop them up while you can. We've got a few sold already. we got to sell a bunch more, and we definitely want you to come on up to 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia, and join us for an amazing paranormal weekend getaway. Tonight we are talking with Amber Avalona. She's a good friend of this show. She is a paranormal healer, paranormal researcher, investigator. Amber, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Let's get back to our audience questions because they are loaded up tonight. Loaded up. All right. All right. This one comes from Milo. Milo is asking, how can you tell the difference if you have negative or how can you tell if you have negative attachments? Well, typically, if you have a negative attachment, you will you'll have a lot of things that will just go wrong in your life. You'll you'll know. I mean, you'll people will see as they talk about they'll see shadows, they'll um they'll hear voices in quote their head that they won't want to talk about. Um, and uh, this will be things that will telling them, um, you know, to kill themselves or to kill other people. I mean, that's to the extreme, of course. But um, they'll tell them negative things about themselves or other people. Uh, again, those can um, 
be some of the more extreme forms of negative attachments. And um, they'll be tired a lot. It almost seems like your energy is just drained from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. No matter how much you sleep, you don't... uh, seem to ever get enough energy. Now, of course, a lot of this too, um, some of it can be, have a, a physical, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say origin because a lot of times a negative attachment will eventually affect you physically. And so your adrenals will start to be affected, your thyroid will be affected, you'll have lower back problems, you'll have back surgeries one after another that don't seem to work, that type of thing. Uh, You'll never seem to be able to heal from your surgeries. So look for that type of thing. Um, People who are go into a surgery are very vulnerable. Notice for somebody who has a personality change, uh, especially if they've had something like a surgery or some type of vulnerable situation where uh, they were put under for a procedure or where maybe a loved one passed away and maybe you think that they received an attachment because of that. Maybe that loved one Um, didn't pass on. Things will move potentially around the house. You uh, may have also, you might know somebody who's into magic and you might have received something from them, an odd gift that uh, just doesn't make sense. Uh, Say you broke up with somebody And they come back around and say, you know, you cheated on me or we broke up and I just want to, I want to end on good terms. So I thought I would give you this gift and you take it because you feel obligated and um, there was never really any reason for them to give you that gift and you keep it in your house and weird things start happening They probably put some type of curse or spell on it. Um, If you get something, like if you're into antique collecting, people can collect antiques that were ritual objects, um, masks or dolls or just anything that might have had an attachment. It could be an attachment of a person. It could be some type of energy, you know, all sorts of things that can happen. Um, odd, odd enough, uh, things like constipation, um, stomach issues, uh, nausea, headaches, those types of things. Um, even if they do find a physical cause, it can also have a paranormal cause and so you will need to address both of those in order to be completely free of the situation. I'm not saying that's always the case but it sometimes will be the case. Uh, So you always want to 
if something weird is going on, you want to just um, look into that and see. There's so many, so many things that I could say could could be the reason. Oh, lawsuits. I just thought of that. If you're involved in a lawsuit, uh, or if you're an attorney, or if you're a judge, be really careful. Attorneys and judges are targets all the time of magic, or uh, people who are, if there's an inheritance, if people are fighting over money, a lot of times magic is used that type of thing. If people are fighting over custody, custody battles, divorces, magic is used a lot. I know from experience, um, just be really careful about those types of things. Let's get to Bob's question here because he's been waiting a while. But And Bob has an amazing beard. I'm going to let you know that. He's got a really cool. nice beard. Bob is asking, some people use tuning forks to tune themselves, tapping the tuning fork and then holding it to the side of their head. What is the benefit of this, if anything? Yeah, uh, tuning forks, I'm probably just going to put this out there, not the best person to um, give you a lot of information about them, but I do think they're great. I have had them used on me for healing sessions and I can say as a client that I have noticed an amazing difference and um, because I'm so sensitive to energy it has really helped me. I think that we are all built uh, and even I was reading an article today that said that we all have this electromagnetic energy inside of us and so as we know we're built um you know the building blocks within us are it's energy and so tuning forks they work on our chakras and what they do is they just help to balance our chakras they help to and we're getting kind of maybe way out there for some people but um, some people are going to understand so it helps to balance your energy centers, which, um, okay, let's say you have a your car, right, and you have your wheels. You have to go in sometimes and you have to get your wheels aligned because you're going down the road, you hit something, and your wheels get out of alignment. And so it's just wobbly, right? If you're driving down the road and it's really uncomfortable and um, you just have to go in and the mechanic has to realign it. Same thing with the tuning forks, with your um, chakras and your energy centers, especially the major um, seven ones that go up the middle of um, your body. So your base chakra um, all the way up to your crown chakra. And uh, that's kind of what it does. I hope that maybe the car example helped a little bit for some people to kind of explain that. But we can get um, out of balance. So we can start to feel weird. Um, the, for instance, the sexual chakra can get out of alignment and so 
our relationships, the relationship areas of our lives can start to go wrong. Maybe we start to attract the wrong type of sexual partners or people can start to get way too... um, um, <laughs> uh, they can start to have way too many partners or, um, or too closed off and, and um, too fearful of any type of intimate contact. And uh, so that's something that the tuning forks can do is help you to feel comfortable with intimacy in, in general. And I'm just talking about any type of you know, physical contact and intimacy because it's so important for us to to really connect with people and to understand that um, male, female, 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 male, male, whatever we decide, you know, that those relationships and are built on trust and that uh, they are, that we can bond with people and that we can feel compatible and that we can attract people of like mind, like spirit, uh, people whose hearts are open, that we can be open and, you know, have uh, relationships that are true and even if we have um, just a relationship with ourselves if we're single that we can feel confident in that and so that's what the tuning forks will do in each of those areas with the throat chakra that it will help somebody to speak uh, their truth and to speak their truth in love and uh, to make sure that they're able to communicate effectively so that they're not um, maybe closed off and um, maybe lying in a relationship or um, maybe that they're not uh, just chattering, um, (laughs) which is what I feel like sometimes on the radio that we just do, but we do have to talk, right? (laughs) Well, every now and again we have to, yes. Right. Yeah, very different from what I do in in a normal conversation where I'm always asking questions and listening. So, um, I know. but uh, so it it can just help us to balance. And that, I hope that that answers some of the questions. But sure. what I would recommend is that you actually try it yourself. You always learn a lot more by experiencing, and um, and it's it's really something that is an experience that's beyond words, in my opinion. And uh, I think we're kind of reaching that with a lot of these paranormal topics, is that it goes beyond um, even what we could communicate via words in the subject matter at hand. Let's get all the way down to Australia for Robert's question. He's saying, Amber, do you get visual visual representation of the person you are trying, or you are healing, and if so, do the areas that need healing come through in different colors? Mm. You know, I wish that I had that gift like some people do, where they see the auras and they see the colors. I have studied that, but it's not something that I'm very good at. Sometimes it will come through, but it's definitely not uh, 
very developed with me. And it probably has a lot to do with the fact that I asked for the visual part of me to be closed down when I was little. And so that's the most undeveloped aspect um, of... Uh, it's actually the the one that I trust the least. And I'm always questioning what I see with people visually. And um, so, but not as much. Sometimes I do, yeah. But, but not always. Teresa in California is asking, how do you clear attachments? And what if there are hundreds or thousands? Are they cleared in one shot or is that too many at a time? Some people can clear them at one time and some people can't. It really depends on a person's spiritual gifts and who they work with because some people call in a lot of spiritual guides. There's a gentleman that I know in Albuquerque. I'm going to give him a plug if that's okay, a shout out. And his name is Wayne Brewer and uh he is a, a spiritual healer, and he's helped me a lot in the last few months. And so uh, he has some um, things on his website if you go to the members page. And he has uh, different healings that you can use where you can clear attachments. So you can um, clear discarnates, and you can um, clear them from yourself for free or from a location, and I would definitely recommend that people do that if they um, want to, just to kind of download some of those um, healings. So you kind of can call in. What he does is with his, he calls in Jesus and 10,000 protective angels, and then Archangel Mikael, or Archangel Michael, which is what some people say, uh, and then um, Archangel Raphael and some others, the Arcturians. And when you call in enough of the right um, benevolent beings, those attachments will go. And you have to be sure that you call in the beings that have authority over those attachments that you're releasing. And I hope that that uh, helps. But yes, there are ways to do that. Canadian Joe wants to know, saying, you mentioned healing the reptilian bloodline. Are you basically saying you performed an exorcism? Oh, that's... Uh, you don't have to go into too, more, uh, too much detail. It's simple yes or no. I would love to, and it's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's just that there's so much to talk about that I'd rather not get into it right now. And it's probably something that, like I said, would take a full three hours. But I will talk generally at this point and say that the people who cleanse reptilian bloodlines and Wayne Brewer is one of the people who does that. Um, It would be considered a form of exorcism. And I also have cleansed and cleared reptilians. And it would be considered a form of 
exorcism. So, um, and exorcism is just, it's just removing something, one entity from another. And it's usually an entity that is possessing another entity without permission. And so, yeah, it would be considered an exorcism. Right. Let's move on to another question here. Shar is asking, what if something is planted on you without you accepting it? Can it be cleared? Yes. And it happens a lot where people get stuff uh, planted on them that they don't consciously accept. I I think personally that it happens to absolutely everybody at one point or another in our lifetimes. And um, so it can be cleared. It is just a matter of figuring out what it is. And sometimes I guess we don't have to know even specifically what it is as long as we engage in some type of spiritual healing, you know, cleansing of ourselves, and depending on what it is that was attached to us, uh, there are some things that are very dark and very difficult to remove that do take um, very specific uh, types of removal, but uh, there are other things that are very simple to remove and it's all a matter of of what it is and let's say that you're walking past somebody on the street and they are in a bad mood and you're an empath and you pick up on their energy it can be if you know how to protect and um cleanse yourself, it can usually be pretty easy to do that on your own. A lot of books out there that help with that type of thing. All right. The questions just keep on coming, so I'm going to keep on asking. The audience wants to know from <laughs> okay. you, so let's just run with it. I, I don't know where the hell we were going with tonight's show, but the audience <laughs> has taken it in a different direction, and we'll just run with that okay. because that's what they want to do. All right. Let's get to sure. Milo's question. Sure. Exactly. Milo's question, are you more prone if there has been a lot of death in a short period to attachments? I think so. And the reason that I think so is that, well, in my question, I guess, to the person is how they handle all of that death within a short period of time. And if it's really traumatic for that person and very difficult for them to deal with, then it can really weaken somebody's aura. And if their aura is weakened, if they're emotionally drained, physically drained, um, mentally just worn out, then it's hard, right, to protect yourself um, and just kind of make it through your daily job 
It's hard to keep up with your housework. It's hard to go about the act of sometimes getting out of bed and making meals, taking care of your kids, going to school. So imagine trying to spiritually protect yourself from some of these darker things that you can't even see that all that they want to do is survive off of your energy or, you know, anybody's energy that they run across or their prime motivation in their existence at this point of their development is to cause chaos or to um, feed off of your fear. And there are entities out there who um, do draw sustenance from fear. It's a type of food to them or um, negative emotions or pain, uh, physical pain, you know, uh, that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, you can definitely be more prone to attachments. And it can, and the sad thing about that is that it can be really hard to make it through those times. And my heart goes out to people like that because, number one, you're dealing with the loss probably of somebody, and not just one person, but maybe a lot of people that you really love and um, trying to just deal with those transitions. And then on top of that, to be attacked, you know, viciously, maybe viciously by something that um, doesn't even like you, that's just, it's wrong. And uh, you definitely, people like that need healing. They need help. We need more healers out there. And I would love to see more churches. This is where our churches in America are failing. Because in my opinion, Jesus was out there healing people. And that was his primary mission. And nowadays we have these churches who are building and all of their money is going into, you know, uh, rent or mortgage or upkeep of these buildings, they're not spending any money on the spiritual health of people and healing people. And so much of that money could be going into training people to help all of these people in America who are going through these paranormal um, experiences and, you know, going into hospitals and performing healings on people that are in this uh, these states that they're really vulnerable. And uh, so I really wish that churches would start, um, you know, changing their focus and, um, and people in general. So maybe we'll see more of that. But, uh, yeah. Okay, I'll get off my... Um, all right. A little uh, bandwagon there. That's <laughs> okay. What's the next question? Let's go to Tim here down in California from UFO Seekers. Tim is asking, do you think ghosts move with buildings that have been relocated? They can, yeah, definitely. 
And the reason for that, I mean, it can be a few different reasons, but uh, some of them are attached to the premises and it doesn't matter that the building is relocated. They're attached to the actual structure itself. So they'll move with it. They can have an emotional attachment to it for one reason or another. It's their home for some of them. And um, some of them can't move on. They're stuck for one reason or another. And some of them don't really have anywhere else to go. They almost feel like they would be homeless if, uh, you know, it's it would be kind of scary, right? If you just left someplace that you'd always been. So, yeah, they'll stay with it. Mike is asking, do or can spirits be afraid of mortal humans? Yeah. I mean, hasn't everybody (laughs) been afraid of mortal (laughs) some mortal humans? There are some people that I definitely don't want to be around. Uh, There are more humans that I don't want to be around than spirits, if that makes any sense. I think that I am more prepared to handle the spirit world than the physical world. And so I think that a lot of spirits feel the same way. And uh, it's probably like a lot of people where they they just don't know how to handle the spirit world, the unseen, and so kind of turn that around and vice versa, where the spirit world, we don't always know how they experience us, and there's that same level of fear sometimes, and uh, I don't think that they always see us, I don't think that they always um, experience us the way that we think that they might. And so it can uh, it can be a little scary for them. All right. Let's go to Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Marcus has a question. Is there any way to measure the imbalance of one's chakras? Yeah, some people do use the pendulum. So uh, what you can do is, as long as your pendulum is, you know, cleansed and cleared, you can... Um, and you know which, uh, well, there are a few ways to do it, but one of the ways that you can do it, just a quick way, is if you know which way your pendulum swings to say yes, and you know which way it swings to say no, you hold your pendulum over your chakra and just ask if your chakra is balanced. And your um, pendulum will say either yes or no. And that's the easiest way to uh, ask if it's balanced or not. All right. Let's get to Ron's question here. Ron is saying, I feel like I have good and evil fighting for me. Is this an attachment? If so, how do I cleanse it? Well, that's probably a... 
you're probably right. I mean, if you feel like you have good and evil fighting for you or maybe within you, you probably should trust that. And uh, that's something that I felt since I was young. And I finally got that confirmed from other people that I was right, you know, through um, the ancestral stuff that, yeah, uh, there were things that were going on inside of me (laughs) that I was sensing and feeling. So you're probably sensing and feeling some of the same stuff. Now, how you get it cleansed is a much more intricate and complicated question. You go to different healers and people and you're not going to be able to do it on your own. I never recommend that somebody tries to handle cleansing or healing themselves by themselves. You go to a healer that you trust and it can take years sometimes. But um, like I say, your journey and your healing process is your responsibility first and foremost. And it can take time, it can take money, but um, it's worth it because you're worth it and your soul's worth it. So, uh, like I said, I recommended somebody, um, He there's a book that you might want to read. It's called Are You Possessed? Now is the Time for Divine Intervention. And you can probably find that on Amazon, I would assume, on the Internet, but just Google it, Are You Possessed? Now is the Time for Divine Intervention. And it's a pretty short book, but it's a great book that I think people that have questions about that, since we have a lot of questions tonight about that, can read. Uh, Another book that's great is... I think it's called How Arcturians Are Healing Planet Earth. And that goes into some of the reptilian stuff that I am not talking about tonight. So the bloodlines, that type of thing. So if you have uh, anybody who has interest about the reptilians and the bloodline, you're welcome to read the book on How Arcturians Are Healing Planet Earth. And um, that can definitely answer some of your questions on those. But uh, stick with it. You know, one of the things that dark entities are going to do is they're always going to try to discourage somebody from getting help. And so it takes a lot of courage to reach out and to tell somebody, I think this is going on with me or these are the experiences that I'm having and um, this is what I feel I need to do. And if uh, you reach out to one healer and it doesn't go the way that you hoped, don't give up. Uh, take it as a learning experience and go from there. I have been to so many different healers in my life. Most of them have been amazing experiences and I have you know, learned from each and every one of them. But um, like I said, it takes time and money and it's always an investment and it's your responsibility first and foremost. 
All right, so next question. Next question. Let's get to Bob's. Bob is asking, how can you protect yourself from used or borrowed items from curses? Used or borrowed. How can you protect yourself from used or borrowed items? From So if you get a used or borrowed item that has a curse, how can you protect yourself from that? Yes. Well... Sometimes, sometimes uh, it is so intense and the activity is so intense that people just recommend that you get, don't pat, well, what's his name? John Zappas. Yeah, I, I like John Zaffis a lot. He says, don't ever pass along an item that you feel is cursed. Like, don't just give it to somebody else because you want to get rid of the curse. Because that's horrible. Um, but you can um, put it in the ocean or a really deep body of water if you have to bury it. Um, after you have... Uh, cleansed it with sea salt you can do that but people cleanse it with prayers people cleanse it with holy water and with sea salt um, I know that John Zappas does have his museum where he also um, has a He'll put some of his objects after he's uh, cleansed them. Uh, he'll put a, a line of the sea salt around the object just to make sure. And um, he'll always try to neutralize it. But in some of his books, he'll talk about different ways that you can um, help to protect yourself from that. I'd recommend that you read uh, some of his books for other options. But those are a few of them. You want to be really careful, in my opinion, because, uh, oh, what is it? Um, you can also, Ana Riva has reversible incense, so you can burn that incense. What it does is it reverses the curse back to the sender. Some people like that, some people don't. But that's one thing you can do. Um, there are candles also that have the, it's rever they're reversible candles. So you can do a ritual with the reversible candle and the supposed cursed object where you place the um, cursed object within a circle of um, sea salt. And you burn the reversible candle. You want to dress it with dragon's blood oil first because dragon's blood is very protective against negative entities and energies. But the reversible candle will send that um, curse back to the sender if that's what you want to do while bringing in all of the positive energies to you and supposedly to that object to help to neutralize that object. 
kind of a gray area, but I do believe in education and that people should know their options. Uh, some people cleanse um, them with white light, so they bring down white light instead of sending the curse back. So those are some of the options. Let's move on to another question here. The sisters are asking, can a pendulum be used like a Ouija board? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, almost like a, quote, portal. It's definitely um, allows you to speak to the spirit world, to the other side. It's so odd to me that the Ouija board gets so much negative um, press in the paranormal community, but yet we have stuff like pendulums, which do the same exact thing as the Ouija board. Um, and you do have to be just as careful with the the pendulum as uh, the Ouija board. But yeah, you can. You just, um, th- there are, like I said, there are books, there is information out there about how to cleanse and protect your pendulum, how to do it properly. I always recommend that you be educated before you try it. But yes, you can definitely communicate with the other side. And um, as Dave was saying earlier, uh, a pendulum may not always be accurate. Spirits can lie uh, with a pendulum depending on what spirit you're contacting. And spirits can also be just misinformed depending on what spirit you're contacting. They might be giving information that they think is correct uh, based on what they think or they know, and it may not be accurate or it may not be like the complete truth. So just kind of keep that in mind, but I like I love using a pendulum. Getting to pendulums still, Mike is asking, is the spirit attached to my pendulum pre-chosen for that stone, or was it his doing? The one attached to his. Um... I think it's someone who just came through, to be honest. Kidding, but... Would it, wait, what did you say, Dave? I thought it was some... I think it's somebody who is watching over him rather than somebody be, coming in with a pendulum. Okay. Well, once again, I, I'm going to be so careful tonight because... I don't want to get. I, I want to try to give as accurate information as I can, and I, um, and I can't look into things as as well as I as I sometimes can. Um, all that I saw was I just saw something like I saw the spirit coming to the pendulum. So from so I just saw it coming toward it, and um, I don't know what that means. I think it makes um, sense. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, and I don't know that I really want to look into it anymore. But um, Mikey, I'm getting that it's Mikey, a good. I'll, yeah, Mikey, I'll look into that for you next time we. Hang yeah, 
I'm only getting good stuff about it. So the energy is good with it. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Gail, yeah. is, Gail is asking, when an attachment has been cleansed from a person, where does it go? It depends on who's doing the cleansing. Uh, some people, <laughs> they don't know what to, it's kind of funny, well, not funny. Um, they don't know what to do with it, so they'll cleanse something, and then they just send it back out into our world. So it just goes back out into our third dimension, and it can latch onto somebody else. So it doesn't really do a lot of good. Um, and then some people who've done their homework and know what they're doing, they will cleanse it from somebody and they will send it, they'll work with guides or whomever they work with, and they will send it into a different place. Now, sometimes it is, uh, there are Arcturians, and other people who actually make astral arrests sometimes where they will arrest an entity uh, just like we have the military or we have a police force. So if there is a, um, a negative entity that's causing a lot of harm to somebody or something or to an area and it doesn't want to go to the light or... Um, you know, be uh, transformed into something better, it does have a choice, just like we all do. And um, it doesn't have to be uh, transformed. It, it will be, a, it'll be arrested. It will be sent somewhere else. And uh, so they, there are, you know, um, beings that... Um, do help us in that form. So it'll be sent to a different dimension that is not necessarily of, quote, the light. But then there are some entities that are kind of tired of causing chaos and havoc and tired of being um, just sad and depressed themselves. And uh, they're ready to go. And um, so when they're released from you, they will go into the light and into a higher dimension and they will start going through the healing process themselves. And there are different dimensions that are above us, so they don't all go to the same place, in my opinion. And they'll go to whatever um, place is appropriate for their healing at their stage of the evolutionary process and whatever they can... Um, handle, you know, at this time. And it's really beautiful to see that happen. I've seen that. And then, oh, you know, just recently I was actually working to cleanse uh, my apartment area and I live right by a high school also. And so I'll cleanse the high school frequently. And I was doing a cleansing on the land. And uh, when I was doing that, there were some um, divas that I called in to help remove some of the darker elementals. And so when some of the elementals were being transmuted, 
they actually went back into their dimension, into the elemental dimension. There are uh, quite a few different things that can happen. I hope that kind of helps to answer some of that, though. Absolutely. Let's get to John's question here. And we only got about four and a half minutes before we got to go to break here. So I'm forewarning you on time this time. Okay, thank you. John's question is, are any of these attachments psychic implants? Yes. Good question. Yeah, there are psychic implants. And that's a whole other area of the paranormal that... um, I don't know as much about psychic implants, but I have worked with removing them sometimes. And they're they're so crazy. And I dislike them immensely because they really mess with people. And um, they do it on this mental level. And most people have absolutely no idea that they're being messed with. And that's the frustrating part about it is that um, somebody can think that and you'll notice somebody behaving really odd, but that person has no idea that they're acting absolutely crazy or insane. Everybody else around them can pick up on it, but that person doesn't. And so that's the really creepy part about the implants. And um, (laughs) so those can be really difficult. And it can also um, act as a veil to kind of um, dull people's senses to where, wow, I start talking about this and all of a sudden it's almost like I'm coughing. Um, So so weird my throat chakra is being affected uh so um yeah are we almost on break <laughs> we have about two minutes you gotta two battle minutes? through okay you gotta battle through <laughs> this one right <laughs> i guess somebody doesn't want me to talk about this uh edgewood new mexico i did uh remove quite a few psychic implants from people in edgewood and um, Edgewood's just on the other side of the San Diego. I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we had a lot of activity in Edgewood, a lot of reptilian activity. You'll find a lot of uh, psychic implants with people who are affected by the reptilians. So um, that's part of how they veil themselves. Also why a lot of people don't believe in the reptilians. And um, that's why they're so good at masking themselves because they do uh, put in those implants and kind of almost like shield themselves, put this veil up. And uh, so I was able to remove that. I also helped work with um, kind of disabling this huge uh, kind of underground area under Edgewood where there was a lot of uh, activity where they were sending out signals to a lot of psychic implants. And um, it was crazy. You would see all these 
it was just like uh, video screens, you know, just a couple, few beings underground, but all these video screens, and they were sending out all of these uh, radio waves and stuff like that to different people and um, around the world. And so I think that's part of what we are dealing with now uh, throughout our society is uh, – people being affected on this level where they're not able to think clearly. They are not themselves. And part of what we are being asked to do as healers is to help people clear themselves of these implants so that they can make this next step um, in the ascension process, in the human evolution process, because it's not fair for humans to be held down as we are uh, by these other uh, races, cosmic races that have these outside agendas that are not healthy for us, um, that are very selfish of them, and um, that are very, very, in my opinion, just evil uh, from what I've seen. So thank you for asking about that. No problem. And on that note, we are going to hop out for our final break of the night. Tonight's guest is Amber Avalona. We're talking everything to do with spiritual attachment, ghostly attachment, paranormal 101 tonight with Amber. We want to thank her for coming on because it's been a while since we had Amber on and I'm glad she is back. We're going to get more into attachments in hour number three of Spaced Out Radio coming up right after this. Remember, during the break, check out our website, spacedoutradio.com, where you can check out all the new information regarding our first annual Caribou Paracon right here in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia, and I want to see you all there. So you have to come up and get your tickets on our website, spacedoutradio.com, because it's going to be the event of British Columbia's Paranormal Century. We're going to have some fun. Maybe not, but we're definitely going to have some fun. We'll be right back with more Space Out Radio right after this. Looking for a great weekend getaway this fall? Hi there, this is Dave Scott. Come on up to the heart of British Columbia for the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon, being held at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia. Speakers from all over North America are coming to discuss Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, and intuitiveness for the three-day event, September 29th to October 1st. For more information, go to spacedoutradio.com and click on the Caribou Paracon banner and book your tickets today. Come to BC, where the paranormal is waiting for you. The SOR Sightlines is a place for you to find answers to your strange experiences. Hi there, this is Mike Schmidt. If you have had an encounter with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, ETs, or anything else that doesn't make sense, head to spacedoutradio.com and file a Sightlines report. All information you give is 100% confidential, and I will personally help you find the answers you need. SOR Sightlines. Your answers are a click away. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. 
It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. Hi there. I'm Butch Witkowski, lead investigator with Euphorcop. On the final Monday of every month, you can listen to me and host Dave Scott on Spaced Out Radio's Strange Days. We're going to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to what's happening out there. People are seeing and experiencing things from ET contact to Bigfoot, and I want to hear about it. Your experiences are what we investigators need to help solve these unknown mysteries. So tune in at spacedoutradio.com to the final Monday of every month from Butch Witkowski's Strange Days. This is your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, Two Mediums and a Large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have. Questions regarding love, relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com. This is Eric Markham, news editor for the Spaced Out Radio's The Encounter Online. We have put together a great team of writers and journalists from all over the world to bring you top quality paranormal stories, from alien encounters to the latest conspiracies. You won't find any of that fake news here. True stories and top-notch reporting as we look to bring these experiences to the mainstream. The Encounter online, only at spacedoutradio.com. Patrolling the Pacific Northwest, we are always on the lookout for the strange and unassuming stories that real people are experiencing. Hi, I'm Vincent Zunza from Pacific North Weird. Me and Alexandra Sullivan have teamed to bring to you those odd stories that never seem to make it into the mainstream. Stories so weird that we'll leave you scratching your head wondering, is this real? It's as real as it gets with Pacific North Weird. You can watch our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. Become more intimate and interactive with Spaced Out Radio. Join our Space Travelers Club with your new membership. For $5 a month, we'll provide you with special access to the website, monthly prize draws from books to psychic readings, along with monthly newsletter, private interviews, and more. Sign up today to be part of Spaced Out Radio's experience. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio, or our website including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. You hear footsteps in the empty room above you. A rocking chair begins rocking by itself. Don't be afraid of the things that go bump in the night. Reach for Spirit Story Box, the iPhone app the Huffington Post UK called the only ghost hunting app you will ever need. Spirit Story Box, the spirits are telling their stories. Are you listening? Strange creatures lurking in the night, the sounds of wood knocking in the forest, odd happenings right out of a fictional world. These are the reports I love. 
Hi there, this is author Ronald Murphy, and I would love it if you join me and Spaced Out Radio host Dave Scott the second Wednesday of every month on our journey into the unknown land of cryptozoology at spacedoutradio.com. From Mothman to Frogman and everything in between, hey, they don't call me the crypto guru for nothing. Did you know that Spaced Out Radio runs seven days a week? Hi, it's James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, you can join me and my guests for some great chatter about what's going on out in the universe or even in that dark part of the basement you really don't want to go back into. Well, let's find the answers to your experiences together. So come on up to Uncle Jimbo's cabin on the weekend. For more information, look us up at spacedoutradio.com. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and hashtag Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you with us. Tomorrow night on the program, we get into the world of conspiracy. Dr. James Fetzer is going to join us for the first two hours tomorrow night. It's going to be a blast. I love it when he comes on, and it's good to have him back. It's been a number of months since we've had Dr. Fetzer back, so we're talking all things conspiratorial tomorrow night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. Great to have you with us. We are also live on WQEE 99, Rock the Key down in Noonan, Georgia, home of the Walking Dead. Thank you so much for making us a part of your early morning, late night, if you've gone to sleep. Who knows? We are also live on KTLK, The Fringe FM, Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas. And if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Rhino Telexomania. Rhino Telexomania is your password. I don't know if you'll have enough letters to get that good Scrabble score in that one, but Bill sets a password each and every night right here on the Mighty SOR. Now, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio if you want to connect with me live during the show as well. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn, download this show and others on iTunes. Our website is spacedoutradio.com where we have a plethora of features for you, including joining the SOR Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month. You can crank up some music on our Bumblefoot page, and you can head to our Spaced Out Radio store, where we have t-shirts, stickers, posters. That'll be autographed. And you can pick up your VIP passes for the 2017 First Annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia, Tickets right now are 10% off until July 31st. We'd love for you to come spend a weekend with your fellow weirdos here. So come on up to British Columbia, get your 
VIP passes for the weekend today. We also have the Encounter Online. Our news editors, Eric Markham and Everett Themer, working hard for you to try and get your news of the day going as well. Tonight, for the final time, we introduce Amber Avalona. We are talking everything paranormal from healing to attachments. Amber, welcome back. Thank you. Good to have you with us. I always enjoy it, of course. Excellent. This show has kind of got out of hand a little bit because the audience has just kind of taken it over. And sometimes that happens. So I'm going to continue with some questions from our audience here, if you don't mind. Sure, let's do it. That's why we're here, right? It's for the audience. So I am very happy that they're involved. And thank you all for your questions and your energy. And I'm just really, really happy that you all are listening and giving us these amazing topics to discuss. Well, we're going to start off with a pair of questions from Bob. And Bob is asking... How do you know if something is cursed or even yourself in the first place? Well, um, you know what? I I so wish that I had all of my notes <laughs> that I would be right on with all of this. But let me kind of pull up some of the stuff because um, I do have some notes here. But with me, and I'm going to go to my personal experience i knew that i was cursed because and this was a really bad situation that i went through because my health just went down drastically i was also involved in a, a um ooh, a, a a legal situation. I, I guess I can't necessarily say what type of situation, but I did have um, knowledge of the people that were on the other side of the case, and I did know how they operated. And it was very easy to kind of place the pieces together. And I also had people that I knew that were able to look into the situation and give me information about it. And so, and I was able to look into the situation. So you want to kind of see if areas of your life rapidly go downhill. Um. Now, it could be something along the lines of, say that you are, I think it was the Romans that they said, I was just reading recently, perfected the art of cursing their enemies. And they think that that's how they were able to conquer for a long time the world. And they not only cursed their enemies, but they basically wanted them to suffer to the point of almost annihilation. And uh, so they, uh, if you find that a lot of areas of your life are suffering, that you just can't seem to get things to go right, like I mentioned before, that's definitely a big sign. Um, if you, let me see if I can kind of tune in. 
Okay, I don't know why I was told to talk about this, but I was working with um, I was working with a paranormal team, and we were working on a case, and they. How do I put this? This is not something that I like talking about, but there was a period of time where we had uh, been referred to a, he called himself a demon hunter, and he was referred by a, uh, a local woman in the area, and he came highly referred, so we used him at a time that I couldn't help because I was uh, sick, so we used this person, and um, things didn't work out with him, and uh, then um, weird things started happening. Um, we suspected from the methods that he was using, like he used a crystal ball, that uh, he was trapping the entities and using them for his own purposes. There are certain things, if you even look online, that people can do where they trap uh, spirits and basically use them as slaves for their own black magic purposes. He also took an interest in one of the children in this um, paranormal case we were working on because this child, this young child, had spiritual gifts that uh, I started to suspect that this um, practitioner wanted for himself. He had made some comments, uh, kind of raised some red flags, so we eventually got rid of him. Well, the uh, paranormal leaders um, around that time started having parts of dead a dead cat turn up in their yard. Uh, first, they had the head of a dead cat turn up in their front yard. Then they had uh, another piece of a dead cat turn up in their yard. Um, things started happening to them in their house. The energy in their house changed. They started bickering all of the time. They were not getting along. Um, things started going wrong for them. Uh, they weren't getting, like, cases started going bad. Like, they weren't getting cases. Um, there was a lot of drama among their team. Things just weren't going right at all. Uh, things an individual lives of the team members were just kind of chaotic. I was the only person who was doing cleansing on a regular basis, and I still was facing stuff. Um, and I, um, at one point, had to do a very powerful uh, ritual bath to separate myself from this guy who I thought was doing black magic on us and cursing us. So the night that I did this, I was running the bathwater. I've done this bath 
numerous times, as I started to run the bath water, the entire wall of my bathroom started shaking uncontrollably, like the pipes were shaking, and I couldn't stop it. I literally thought they were going to shake out of the wall. And that was obviously not natural. Some other things started happening. The wind was really, really picking up and blowing, you know. So things like that, you just kind of notice um, stuff that goes on when you try to heal yourself from what you think might be a curse or black magic. You'll have strange things that will happen. Even if you are able to heal, weird things will happen during it. Um, she, one of the, when the paranormal leader also did the same bath for this gentleman that we thought was doing the curse, uh, the, um, it was completely calm outside until she started to do the bath. And then she said that it got so windy in her bathroom that the skylight, she thought like it was, almost she thought it was like a thunderstorm or something and we were all outside and we didn't feel anything um so weird things like that will go on and i hope that kind of maybe answers some of the questions but you'll just have very strange stuff especially if you're working with a black magic practitioner so uh you got to be really careful and that's why i say it is paramount if you're in the paranormal field, even if you're an investigator, that you learn how to protect yourself because there are people in this field that do not mess around. And um, if you are interested in the very dark things and if you just want to go to these you know, locations and investigate, uh, you are going to attract people that are going to be of a very negative variety and you just may cross paths with them and you may become a target not even realizing it so you really that's why I say it is so important to you know learn these um, healing techniques learn protection techniques uh, become you know informed and uh, really start to investigate some of the lighter aspects of the field as well because the people that don't do not last long, especially at this point um, in our in our um, advancement. I, I'm I'm seeing people drop like flies in the paranormal field. They just they don't last. Let's move on here to another question from Bob. What do you do with Ouija boards nobody wants anymore? Can you simply throw them away, or does an exorcism have to be done? In your opinion. Ooh, good question. Um, I only used a Ouija board one time, kind of, when I was a teenager. Uh, I think that you probably should do some type of cleansing on it, especially if you've used it fairly frequently, just because um, you want to make sure that there are no attachments to it. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, you don't want to, say, toss the Ouija board away and you have some unfortunate soul that has been somehow trapped to the board, you know, that then gets tossed into 
the dumpster or something like that. Um, so just uh, go about get if you need to get holy water and say some prayers. Uh, do that if you need to um, put some blessed salt on it for 24 hours and say some prayers that's fine as well Um, there is something that you can do where you get let's see sea salt a mixture of sea salt epsom salt and baking soda mix it all together and then you um, place the Ouija board on top of a kind of a pile of that and then place that on top of the Ouija board for a while. What that does is it soaks up the energy of all that and then you take that and then you put the that mixture into the trash as well. And then what you probably want to do is um, if you have some dragon's blood, uh, you can, or even some Anariva exorcism oil, you can... Um, dress the Ouija board with either of those. Vivian is asking, would pink Himalayan salt work similarly to sea salt? I don't think so. The pink Himalayan salt has a little bit different, in my opinion, uh, it has a little bit different qualities. Um, actually, I should research that. Really good question. Um, from what I've read, it's different. And I do have the Himalayan salt lamps all over my house, so I'm going to recommend that people have them in their homes, and Dave, we've talked about that on the show. We we do have those in our houses, I think, and uh, it's great for um, helping to kind of raise the vibrations in your house and that type of thing, but the sea salt, there's something even in the Bible about specifically sea salt helping to trap the um, demonic entities. You know how when Jesus... Uh, when he cast all the demons out of the demon-possessed man. And then they asked to go into the herd of pigs. And the pigs literally got so crazy that they uh, ran and uh, cast themselves into the sea. Well, there's something about that uh, sea salt traps themselves and even you know traps those negative entities. And uh, Solomon himself, the wisest man in the world, was somehow able to trap, I think it was 2,000 spirits in a a jar under the ocean. So I would definitely recommend sea salt for that type of thing, just to be safe. Let's move on here. Ron is asking, what ways do you address throat chakra issues? (laughs) like the one that I had when I was talking earlier. Uh, The throat chakra is, especially for speakers, it's definitely one of those that gets hit the most, um, especially in the paranormal community. So it's great to send um, 
beautiful blue healing light into the throat chakra. And so as I'm talking about it, I'm just trying to send some into that area right now. And so you can um, send that blue energy, just kind of envision it, going into that throat chakra area. And then you can envision it expanding, if you want to, all up through your throat and even down kind of into part of your chest area. You want to make sure that it goes all around your um, throat because you do have your thyroid that's often that often has a lot of problems. Uh, I think your adrenals, you know, just a lot of things that happen in that area for people. And another thing that you can do, because Archangel, I say Mikael, but some people say Michael, because Archangel Michael, his color is the um, beautiful blue energy, you can ask him to be a part of that healing process. And one of the things that you can do for healing is what I do. And if it's okay, Dave, I'll just talk oh, about that right really ahead. quick. Go right ahead. Is uh, you can just say every day if you want to is just say Archangel Michael before me, Archangel Michael behind me, Archangel Michael to the right of me, Archangel Michael to the left of me. Archangel Michael above me, Archangel Michael below me, Archangel Michael within and all around me. And so what that does, when you do that, you can also envision that beautiful blue energy. And that just expands it all throughout your aura, your energy fields. That helps to encase you in that um, energy and also protect you and kind of um, helps you to vibrate on that same frequency. Archangel Michael is uh, really active right now in helping to protect planet Earth and also he's very active in the paranormal community and works a lot with the cleansing, works a lot with the... Um, the spirits that are stuck here works a lot with the healing. So if you ever have any questions or if you have any problems or you yourself are looking for answers or healing, you can ask him for help or for answers or guidance or direction. He'll help you. But that's something that's really important to do. Oh, and I was just told to bring up the fact that... Um, the people that think that they might have the reptilian bloodline <clears throat> or even the reptilians inside of themselves, since that was asked earlier, the one thing that I have found that is the best thing to do because it's very difficult to find stuff that helps with the reptilians is um, to bring in, um, to encase yourself in honeyed roses. So what you do is um, you envision uh, roses all over your body facing outward. It can be whatever color you want. So just envision roses like all over your body and then also facing inside. So facing all over inside your body, in your throat also if you're having issues with your throat. And then have honey coat 
those roses. So all over the outside, all over the inside. For some reason, that doesn't get rid of the reptilians, but um, it does put them to sleep somehow. And it makes it much easier to live with uh, that. Um, And so it makes your days much easier and much better. So those are some things that you can do. And I hope that that helps. But uh, I guess on to the next question. All right. This one comes from Ron. Amber, how do you shut the door and tune out all the chatter and energy stealers to recharge yourself? It can be kind of difficult sometimes. Um, But uh, one of the things that I do is I, (laughs) I guess I'll bring it up now. Um, I've started placing orgone. I don't know if people have heard about that, but the um, the orgone pyramids inside of my home because I was just getting um, way too much chatter from everything, and I I couldn't handle it. Uh, I was hearing like this. Um, people in Albuquerque even said, and I was hearing the same thing, like a radio uh, station playing all the time and it was really driving me crazy and I didn't like hearing it and um, I was hearing other stuff and so I place these uh, there's a Etsy store and I buy these orgone pyramids I place them inside my apartment and also they have um, some other stuff and so it helps to block out all of the electromagnetic frequencies so that it makes it much easier to live with yourself and with the world um, because there's way far too much um, energy coming from the cell phones, Wi-Fi, that type of thing. So that helps a lot. It may be something that people want to look into. Um, I also wear uh, different jewelry that helps with that. I also just kind of shut down my energy sometimes, pull it in, and... uh, I do a lot of protection, um, that type of thing, a lot of um, very intricate rituals that I do that I can't go into on air, but uh, some of those that I use on a daily basis. So that's, that's kind of what I do. I do have to say this. When we were talking about curses earlier... I have actually had a curse placed on me before. And they are not fun. And it's amazing how much negativity and how much it can attack you as a person. I I never really believed in them until just, you know, it was like being in the boxing ring with Mike Tyson and your hands are tied behind your back. I mean, you're just taking shot after shot after shot, and and it becomes, it becomes bad. It becomes not fun to live. To be absolutely blunt, and this person who cursed me, I did nothing wrong to her. She was a her and her hubby were good friends of uh, Mrs. Sor myself, and we ended up just you know, fading away over some certain situations. And the next thing I know, she is at the wife at went absolutely haywire. 
in trying to derail me. And when, you know, when I try to deal with that, it's tough to be able to do that because Mm -hmm. with curses, you just never know, you know, and, and you never know how strong it is, how weak it is. And so when you're dealing with people with curses or have had spells cast against them, how do you, first off, I know you answered this briefly a little bit before, but how does one tell? Is it just the, the, the rash and negativity that flows around them at that certain time? You know, a lot of times people will have nightmares. I don't know if you had nightmares a lot. No, I, I didn't have can... nightmares at all. So a lot of times people will have nightmares. Um, bad luck is definitely one of them. Um, I had lots of bad luck. Uh, people just, it seems like, um, I would have people that would just be ripped out of my life. Um, we, in weird ways or, one of the things that my, an ex didn't want me to do was to talk about what I knew about him. And so he really attacked my writing. I was a, I was a reporter, and I had written about the abuse in our marriage. Um, and so I could not get work for years as a reporter. And I had never had a problem. Um, I put out hundreds of, of uh, you know, like just I would put out my resume. Nobody would call me, you know, nothing. I, no matter what I would do, I wouldn't even get, you know, I wouldn't get any type of work, not even freelance work. And um, so that was a big sign. Our, the, um our divorce, our our case just went on and on and on in the court system. Um, I was, you know, financially, you know, you just spend money and money and money, that type of thing. I don't know about you, but like anxiety, huge, um, huge. Yeah, and you don't really know why. Sometimes you can't even trace it, but you just have this feeling of like something really bad is going on but you don't know where it's coming from but you kind of know it's there and it's out there and i think it's because you're picking up on it in this realm see i i had always felt like i was being watched as weird as that sounds i felt like i was being watched and i felt like i always had to have my head on a swivel and i've never really lived like that before you know Right. Yeah, me too. I actually had that. I I knew I was being watched. My computer was constantly being hacked into. I mean, so that it's not just that I felt I was being watched. I knew I was being watched. So yeah, like stuff like that. Um, people can have a hard time sleeping, where you just either you sleep way too much. And you feel like there's somebody just stealing your life force. Um, 
or you just never can sleep. Uh, sleep. Sometimes people will wake up and uh, they'll just have this sense of something's on top of them. Sometimes that can happen. But those are some of the more... Sometimes that is really when somebody wants to scare you. If somebody wants to kind of keep it under wraps, they're not going to go to those links of, let me just put it in your face. Um, usually it's more of the weird things you can't explain. You, my cat got a really weird tumor that they had never seen before. It was devastating. And then she had a horrible reaction to the um, medic, you know, the stuff they used to put her under for the surgery. And she was like never the same after that. And um, it, just stuff like that. So, like, your pets could even die, um, people in your family could die. I've talked to people that that's happened. Uh, you could lose your home. Oh, yeah, losing your home is a big thing. People could lose their home. Um, I don't It Was there anything depression, suicidal thoughts? Uh, depression, yes. Suicide, no. Uh, a lot of anxiety. A lot of, yeah. di a lot of distrust. You know, not knowing who to talk to, when you can talk to that person, so on and so forth. Uh, they absolutely, uh, when I went through my curse, it got so bad. They actually tried to ha schedule a meeting with my boss to get me fired from my job. I mean, yes. that's how, and that's how ridiculous it was. And then when that didn't work, they actually went over to my ex-wife and decided that they should have a talk with her. Kate said that I was hiding money from her for child support and, and that I was, you know, philandering on absolutely everyone. And it was absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. And it got very, very difficult indeed, you know, because I felt like I couldn't breathe, that no matter where I turned... These people were there to try and ruin everything that I had. They tried going to my other best friends whom I had introduced them to to uh, get them to stop chatting with me or hanging out with me or so on and so forth. It, it was ridiculous, man. It was absolutely ridiculous. And we actually had people going up to them and saying, look, stop. Like, this isn't healthy. Like, why are you, why are you doing this? But I know I'm not the only one who has had things like that happen. Correct. And I think that sometimes people who who do that, um, how do I put this? So I know that in this, a certain case where I was severely cursed, I, I did a lot of... <laughs> A lot of spiritual work on it and even some past life work on it and I had been murdered by this person more than once in past lives so there's there was a pattern of this person trying to kill me 
and oftentimes getting away from it, uh, getting away with it. Um, and so they were used to, um, used to like taking it to the extreme. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sometimes with these really horrible curses, that uh, that can be the case is that these people are used to abusing their power and uh, they enjoy that sense of lording it over other people. But we are in a time period, thankfully, where the vibrations of the planet are raising and also people like us spiritually are ascending to the point where we are changing our own karma. And so what they were able to get away with before, it's not happening anymore. And so it can be very frustrating for them. What was very easy for them to do before, they're not able to do anymore. And I'm talking not just about, you know, that one experience. Uh, You know, I'm talking about others too, right? Other people. And, um, so they'll, for a while, try and try and try. and But they get, what happens is, is they get more and more frustrated. And they actually start cursing themselves. And in a way, that's the beauty of it. Is that they turn it back on themselves. And they become their own worst enemy. And they have to learn their own lessons. And, you know, however way you want to look at it, uh, we live for eternity. And at some point, they'll get it, right? And they'll heal in some lifetime or another. Um, They'll get to the point where things make sense and they won't do this anymore. But until then, you know, they're going to have to suffer the consequences of this uh, childish behavior of this type of thing that they're doing. Um, but yeah, you know, you're, it's, it's so horrible. I hate to see stuff like that happen to people. But it's just that because the energy, because I'm an empath and I feel the energy of these curses, and um, it's just, it's dark. What, what's I think, good? which is why, I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to get to another question. I thought you were done there, but that's okay. Finish I, up. I was. I was pretty much done. Okay. Let's get to Catherine's question, and she is asking, can you tell if someone is cursed without seeing them? What if it's curses? I wonder how you would deal with it. It can be curses, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, sometimes it can be more than one. And that's when you go through the process of, like they talk about an onion, kind of peeling away those layers of curses. And like I was talking about with uh, past lives, and sometimes we have this uh, karma with people, and sometimes even with ourselves. Uh, Like, for instance, somebody who cursed Dave in this lifetime. Okay, well, let's take that to the next lifetime and their luck is really low. They're having a really difficult time. They 
might be suffering their own curse. And say they've cursed somebody else and, you know, they're suffering the consequences of that. Or say maybe somebody in another lifetime curses them um, and they have to learn how it feels to be on the receiving end of that, right? Because we're all here on earth to learn. And, you know, myself included, I have done things in my past lives that, um, you know, have not been the prettiest. And so I learn from those, just like I'm here in this lifetime to learn as I do. And uh, so, yeah, you, you learn. You do have curses, but we deal with them. We address them as adults. And we um, typically it's best to deal with them one at a time. And uh, like I said earlier, we don't give up. So you can heal one curse and then you're still having issues in your life. And then people can get frustrated and say, well, it didn't help. I'm just going to you know, give up on this stuff and get mad and upset and, you know, fall into despair. Um, But what they don't realize is that, well, you know, it's just that you took care of one thing and now you got something else to to learn and to deal with. And it's okay. It's it's all a learning process. And kind of, you know, get your next tool and uh, start climbing that mountain again. So I hope that kind of makes sense. When it comes to spiritual attachments, do you find that communicating with the spirit to kind of have a sit-down session with them helps? Because I had to do that the other day, and my audiences wanted to know what happened. I'll I'll give you the story. All right. What happened was uh, I run a charity ghost hunt here for our local museum. And there was one spirit there named Willie who did not appreciate the tour. In fact, he was so upset with me, he literally, literally uh, attached himself to another ghost hunter to try and get me away. Mm. And it didn't really work. So I actually, through a couple of uh, spirit mediums that I trust, went and apologized to him on the weekend. I brought him a beer. He wanted a beer, so I brought beer. He said he was going to try and take the bottle cap off for me if I loosened it. The bottle cap was still there. I didn't know if he smoked or not, so I brought him a cigarette. And it was it was a very, very intimidating thing having a conversation like that all by myself staring at an empty chair beside me with a beer and a cigarette on the floor and i can tell you this you know i i really wish he would have moved the 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 bottle cap but i can understand that probably takes a little bit of energy to do so but on the flip side I feel like we get along now because I respected his rules. So do you, mm. be, do you believe then that, you know, that with spiritual attachment, because he was attached to trying to get at me every which way as possible, that just having that conversation with them can help alleviate a very weird and strange situation? 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it sounds like you even answered your own question in that case. And, you know, just because someone dies doesn't mean that they give up their humanity. And we still carry our personalities with us in some sense when we pass and we have our own viewpoints. We, especially those who are here on earth in one form or another, they experience um, life, quote, life, uh, through their own eyes. And, you know, he was just, um, I, he had his, he was experiencing that situation like everybody does through his lens. And he had his own experiences that he was carrying with him that affected how he viewed what was going on just like you have your own experiences that affected how you viewed, you know, the ghost hunt and the situation. And it was really good for you both to kind of sit down and have a meeting of the minds and kind of just uh, talk about it, right? Because sometimes people, whether they're alive or dead, just want to be heard. And um, sometimes we don't give deceased individuals that type of respect. And it's difficult for us to see people for who they are when they're standing right before us. How much more difficult when we can't even see them? So it probably meant a lot for him to have you take the time to have that conversation with him and to be in that space and for it to be a good experience. So I always recommend, and I've, I've done that myself, yeah, you know, if, if they're willing to, it's definitely beneficial. Would you recommend somebody who maybe is not trained spiritually to do that on their own? Like when I went into the building where he is to talk to him, I knew that I had to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think that, like I've always said, that you want to, whatever your spiritual belief system or even if you don't have a, quote, spiritual belief system, you still have a protective system, right? (laughs) An energetic protective system. So whatever your um, protective system, call in some type of protection and um, and then go forward and, and have that conversation. But yeah, I think that we all have the ability to communicate and it's just a conversation, And it helps us to open up as well. And I think we need to learn to start trusting what we sense. And I think that um, the more that people allow themselves to have experiences, whether they truly believe that everything is happening the way that they potentially perceive it or not, doesn't necessarily 
necessarily matter because sometimes you're going to understand um, more fully that experience at a later date or look back on it um, in the future and it's going to make more of an impact. But it's just it's a step in the right direction for everybody. And you never know what kind of impact you're going to have on that spirit in that moment. And you might be just the person that that, that person needs at that time. Let's get to a question from Dominique here, and she is asking, when we pass and we no longer are bound by the physical flesh, then aren't we free from the restraints, controls, and limitation that flesh provides? I think so. I think so. I think we are. I don't think everybody realizes that. So there's a difference between being free and realizing you're free. There are a lot of people in our society today who are alive who don't act as if they're free. And so um, the same is true for when we die. And uh, for instance... um, You know, people who pass can technically go to technically go to the light, but um, well, you know what? I need to kind of preface that by saying that sometimes people have so many negative attachments that what that does is that actually they may be free of a physical body, but they're not free of a lower dimension. So. Those are different. I know it might sound a little confusing, but um, if they have attachments that are from like the first or the second or the third dimension, if they have so many hundreds or thousands of those, even though they're free of a physical body, they might still be so weighed down that they're not able to go into like the higher dimensions. So that might be why they're still here. Um, and still here on this earth in the third dimension. So uh, they can still kind of, you know, go around and go through earth, but they're not going to, they're still going to have to get help and healing before they're able to continue their spiritual journey. Do you think any of us are really ready for that? Do you think we're ready for that type of intensity of, you know, you got day-to-day life going on right now. I mean, to to be able to think about what's on the next realm, can we really, really Mm -hmm. understand that fully? I don't don't know if uh, most people can fully understand it. I think that Some people are ready for it. I don't know if... I know that I do a lot of work with helping souls cross over that haven't. You know, that after they pass, they're still here. So maybe a lot of people aren't ready for it after after they die. 
And that probably has to do with the fact that they don't prepare themselves for what happens after we die. It's so odd that we don't really talk about it in our culture. And there's so much fear or, um, yeah, there's a lot of fear around death. I've never been afraid of death. I've never been afraid to die. And so it's one of those things that's really odd to me that a lot of people are afraid of it or a lot of people don't want to die. And maybe it's because I know that I come from another place. I already, I always have known since I was very little. I've always known that I want to go home. <laughs> and so for me, it's one of those things where I'm ready, you know, please let me go home. But maybe a lot of people just don't remember maybe where they came from or, uh, or something like that. And um, so it's one of those uh, big mysteries. And I would love to see us talk about it more. I would really hope that it becomes more of the conversation, a part of the, the conversation with families, with our culture, with our society, with the paranormal community, because it's really a beautiful process. And it's nothing to fear. It's uh, wonderful. There's so much to experience. And I I know we have just a few minutes, but I had a friend of mine who passed away a few years ago. He did not cross over. He stayed for about three and a half years. Uh, he had some children, and he didn't want to cross over for a while, which was fine. Completely understand that. So we communicated a lot. Right in the three and a half years that he was here, he recently uh, crossed over. And um, the night that he did, I had a dream. And in this dream, I had a dream of my brother. It came in the form of my brother. Now, I know it wasn't my brother. But um, in this dream, my brother was uh, getting a, buying a new house. And uh, it was in this place. And we were like walking up. It was just a beautiful house in this amazing place. And it was just in this other dimension. And there were all these like awesome scientific um, discoveries and all of these crazy, all this amazing technology that was there. And it was like you could walk up to the second floor on air. There wasn't, you know, um, an escalator or stairs. You would just step in the air like steps. And stuff like that. And there was this technology where you would go into this bubble and you would um, be able to experience somebody uh, else as if you were them. You would literally step into this person and you would feel their feelings. And I was there and I was experiencing all of this stuff, you know, that was in this new place that was uh, he was moving into and I woke up from that and uh, you know after that I realized that it was my friend showing me this new dimension that he was crossing over into and I had forgotten you know some of the, the stuff that was there but it was so beautiful and uh, I thought wow <laughs> you know I just uh, completely amazing what he had to look forward to. And, of course, he's come back since then. 
and communicated with me. So it's not like they move on and never come back. But uh, it's just, we have so much to experience. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, as you know, right? Amber, I hate to do this. We've run out of time, my dear. Yeah, I, I know. know. Well, I thank you, everybody, know. for being here. How can people find you online? You can find me online. Uh, my name is Amber Avalona, and I do have a website, the Paranormal Healing Project. And the URL is www.theparasitefiles.com. So you can probably just Google the Paranormal Healing Project and pull that up, and uh, it'll have some information there. But uh, yeah, so you're welcome to uh, just check that out. It'll have some information on different healing modalities people can use, things like that. All right. Tomorrow night on the program, as I wrap this thing up, we have James Fencer coming in. We're talking with the King of Conspiracy, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at spacedoutradio.com. Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal is rocking us out of tonight's show as he is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rock with him, horns up, message him. Tell him you heard him on the SOR. He'll get back to you. He usually does. That's the way he does things. I want to say thank you to everyone for tuning us in. And we will see you 21 hours from now. Do me a favor, though, my friends. Tell a friend. Tell them what they're all about. Tell them what they're missing. Because together, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, take us home.